0: Parsha Themes is for inspired people like you who are looking for engaging and relevant Parsha and Moedim thoughts. Our weekly discussions focus on uplifting thoughts and actionable ideas that will upgrade your Avodah Hashem and enhance your Shabbos and Yantov table. I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Tropper, and it's an honor to have you with me here today. Hello and welcome to Parsha Themes on Sefer Shamos. We're starting with Parsha Shamos right now, and I welcome you. And if you're just joining now, welcome. And uh, if you've been with me since the beginning or you've gone back and listened to the earlier ones, thank you. Your feedback is always appreciated. It's really excited to launch this. And like I always say, whenever you learn anything interesting throughout the entire Savor of Shamos, you always have a great Dvar Torah for Pesach. So let your ears perk up, and you can start your preparations now. We're always looking for good things to say at the Pesach Seder, and uh, you'll certainly be learning a lot. One comment uh, based on Ramban, and just it's an interesting one, which is that we often think about the uh, five books of the Torah And we hear the English words of Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus. And we kind of wonder, where are these names from? Because the word Beratius, that's not what Genesis means. And Shemos certainly doesn't mean Exodus. Um, So what are all these names? But the truth is that uh, really Chazal have given names. And the Ramban quotes at the beginning of Shemos right here that the first Sefer is Beratius, the first of the five books. And it's called Sefer HaYetzira, the Sefer the Formation. And the word formation is Genesis. So this Chazal, this Medrash, is actually, that's where it comes from. But the Ramban explains it even more, and it's Lishitaso. Um, the Ramban says it's Yitzira Lazaram, that the, our forefathers, our Avos and Imos, they implanted a foundation and a creation of what the future would look like based on their actions for their, for their descendants. And that's the Ramban Shita of Maisa Avos Simul that he stressed, and we talked about it here as well. And that's why it's called Yitzira. Uh Sefer Shemos, Chazal call is the Sefer of the uh, Exodus, which they call it uh, Chumash of the Geula. And uh, that's exactly what we're going to be talking about, how to get out of it, how the Jews were saved from Egypt and how Hashem took them out with great Nisim and revealed to them and gave them a Torah. So uh, the next Sefer is Vayikra, which is called Leviticus, which is the laws of the Levites. That's Torah's Kohanim. That's the translation of Torah's Kohenim. Um, and then numbers is Chumash that which Chazal call it. And finally, Deuteronomy, which is probably the least understood, that just means Mishnah Torah, the repeat of the Torah, which is again what the Medrash calls it. So we are now starting Exodus, which is based on Chazal. It's not based on the Christians or their numbering uh, or na- naming techniques. So Arban says that if we think about Say for Ve'ela Shimos, which we're starting, um, there's something that's very interesting, which is that one would think that Baratius is the formation of the Jews, the Jewish nation, through the Avos and Yemos. They go down to Egypt at the end through Yosef and the brothers. And then you have Shemos as the entire uh, experience of the Jewish people being tortured in Egypt and then their final salvation. And then Ve'ikra is the laws of Hedebron karbonos So you would think that the Sefer Shemos, which is the Exodus, should only be considered completed uh, when it, once it talks about how the Jews left Egypt. Why does it have to have this part about them going to Har Sinai and getting the Torah and then them starting to build a Mishkan? And seemingly, that's part of Vayikra. Vayikra is the laws of the Karbanos that Hashem gives and all the laws of following Hashem. And it's all the laws of how to build a Mishkan and how to serve Hashem there. So what's, what's the explanation that this is part of the Sefer Shemos? But the Ramban says that that's exactly the point. The Jews were not saved from Egypt so that they could just be physically sovereign, just free. Uh, on the contrary, they were never redeemed so that they could be free. Now they became Avadim to Hashem. And the freedom from Paro and the subjugation of Egypt does not end until the Jews accept the Torah and build a Mishkan, a place of breaking down the shekhinah a place of connecting with Hashem deeply in this world. And that is the ultimate salvation, and the ultimate redemption that is the ultimate geula and exodus of the Jews from Egypt. It's not just physically getting them out and making them rich, but it's having them accept the Torah, which is the whole point of getting Adam and riam, and having them build the Mishkan, which is a place where Hashem dwells and connects with them. But the Ramban says something even deeper than this. He says that until they built the Mishkan, they had to return back the El Milas Avosam Yeshuvu. They had to return back to the mile of their forefathers. It's a phenomenal comment. Because A lot of times we think about, for example, the fact that Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, and Leah, the most, they had three things in their tents. They had an Anan that was always there, representing the divine Shechina. They had Brachim Matsuya Be'isa, that the bread remained hot and fresh, and according to some of Harshim, plentiful throughout the week. And they had the Nair Duluk, Arab of Shabbos, Erev Shabbos, that the lights that Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, and Leah lit stayed lit for the entire Shabbos and throughout the entire week. And that it's interesting because this is, it seems like, the way people say it, that it's a replica of what they had in the base of English. The Lechem stayed hot from week to week. And so you see that Sara and the Emos all got that. And we have the Ne'er Dalek, uh, certainly in bias Rishon, perhaps even bias Shani. And definitely during the uh, miracle of Hanukkah, there was a lot of extra burning, where the candles of the menorah stayed burning until they put it out the next day, miraculously. And then they had to relight it again. And you had the Anan, the cloud of Hashem's glory. So it seems to me that the Emos replicated the, what the, what the Beis Amigdash and the Mishkan had. However, that's not what the Ramban is saying. Ramban is saying that the epitome was the Avos and the Emos, their tense, was the epitome. That was of avos of to ret, We have to return back to that Mila. And everything that followed that, the Mishkan, was just a copy of that. It's a phenomenal thought, if you think about that, that the Avos and the Emos brought down the Shekhinah. And that is the ultimate greatness. And that's the that each of us could bring down the Mikdash and the Mishkan and bring down Hashem into our lives. It should all be Zohar to do it. So, moving on with Ramban in parak Aleph, Pasig Yud, Haro uh, was trying to figure out how he was going to deal with the Jewish problem. And this is the start of all the Gullias, like the Maral explains, like the Zohar really explains that all the Dalad Galeos or Marumas and Mitzrayim. And this is the ultimate question that all the Galeam ask. How do we outsmart the Jews? So basically, their own points out, a psychological point, which is that they weren't just going to wipe out the Jews and kill them because it would be a tremendously disrespectful thing to n- knock out an entire nation, especially one that the king himself, the original Pharaoh in the times of Yosef, had invited to come down there. You don't do that to your guests. And also the people around would not stand for that. And so we have to come up with a way that we can subjugate them and get around that problem where we're still going to have a lot of PR and people are going to approve of what we're doing. And so much has still remained the same throughout generations, unfortunately. The question of havanas Chachmolo in a politically correct way is still a problem that we face today in all the challenges of Jewish existence. Perak bays Pasik bays, So it says that um, Moshe was born, and his mother saw that he was good. Atero so tovu, a so she hid him. And so the Ramban says, like, it's obvious that everyone, every mother loves their child and finds them beautiful. So to say in the Pasach that she saw that he was tov, that's redundant. Every mother thinks that her child is tov. And uh, so what is it trying to say? But he says that this is hinting to that which Chazal say, that that's where Chazal learned that the entire house was filled with light when Moshe was born. And even more so, Miriam was giving a nevuah that my mother is going to give birth to the Moshe Yisrael, which was Moshe He was born. And so the Torah is telling us that there was an extra tov by Moshe, not just the mother thinking my son is so beautiful, but something very spiritual as well, and a recognition that this child was going to be special. Perik Bayis Pesig the Ramban talks about a fascinating thing of Halargeni Ata Omer that when Dustin and Aviram were fighting, and Moshe said, Russia, don't hit your friend. So they said, oh, are you going to kill us the same way you killed the Mitzri? So Rashi says that, we learn from this Pesach, that uh, Moshe killed the Mitzri with the Shemham of Farish, and Rashi translates the Pesach as, Halar will you kill me, Atta Omer, with your words, just like you killed the Mitzri. And of course, like the Rambam himself points out, the Medrash says this, and that's where Rashi got it from, the Medrash. Shmos, Rabba Parag, Aleph, Pasuk, Laman, he. But al will peep the Ramban says that I find this very difficult because how in the world would they know that Moshe killed him? If, in fact, Moshe only used Hashem HaMafarsh, like Rashi and Chazal say, then how would Dustin and Aviran know? Now, mind you, if you look at the Medrash, it's even more astounding because Dustin and Aviran were actually uh, present when Moshe killed the Mitzri because the Mitzri had stolen, uh, I believe it was Dustin's wife, and uh, when the Mitzri saw that he was caught, uh, he started beating Dasan and was going to kill him. And Moshe actually in, intervened and saved Dasan's life. And it's just fascinating when you think about the Hassan Sover's famous line about when someone was doing something against him. And Hassan Sover commented to his son and students, I don't know this man. I never did him a favor. Why does he hate me? And when we look at this, Dasan Vaviran, look at this favor. Moshe, Moshe saved uh, one of their lives and uh, they were brother-in-laws, they were related. And yet, throughout the entire Midbar, all they did was give trouble and cause destruction until they finally went down with Korach into the ground because they joined him. So, the Ramban says, I'll keep shot. What's going on? Now, a lot of the Mepharshim explain that one of the ways to kill a Shammah mafarish is that you need to actually touch the, per- the person in order to make it effective. Maral says this, um, and there's an interesting discussion about this. So, they explain for Rashi that they saw him touch the mystery. And the truth is that the Ramban himself says this, that perhaps he had to touch him and give him this curse for Shem Hashem. And uh, he tries to explain, but the Ramban says that al peep shot the way to translate the passage is, Halarigeni. will you kill me? Ata Omer, is that what you're thinking in your mind to do? So not necessarily with your words, but the literal translation is, is that what you're thinking to say? Is that what you're saying? Which is interesting because we do talk to ourselves and sometimes we do think in terms of words. So that's what's going on. That's the shot. The pasuk. Just interesting shot. How we've shown him read the pasuk. Parik Bayes pasuk So Vayar lokim esmei Yisrael. So what does that mean? Hashem saw the bnei Yisrael. So the Ramban quotes from Ebenezer that he saw the affliction that the, that the Egyptians were inflicting upon them, and in in uh, begali. That's what it means. Vayar lokim esmei Yisrael, and then it says Vayeda. Elohim, he knew what they were doing in private. And so much of life is about what happens in the public and what happens in the private. And Yitzchakim and yes is a recognition that Hashem is Vayar, he sees everything that happens on the outside, but also Vayeda, he also knows everything on the inside. Hashem knows our thoughts, and he knows the things that go on in our private lives, and he knows everything that's going on. Rashi says Vayeda Elohim, means that Hashem thought about it, he put his heart, Kibiyachl, into it, and didn't turn away from them. But the Ramban argues and says, I have a different shot. So, First, it means that Hashem says, I'm hiding from you, and I'm making it as if I don't see it, meaning I'm allowing it to happen. However, once they cried out, then Hashem says, I'm no longer hiding my face from you, and now I'm going to be conscious of these things, the affliction that you're suffering, and now that you're calling to me and turning to me, I'm going to make myself known, and I will redeem you. And we see an important lesson in life, that when we turn to Hashem, Hashem takes care of us. Moving on to Paragimel, good Gimel. So it says, Ekya, asher Ekiah, Hashem says to Moshe, I will be what I will be. And Ramban makes the famous comment here based on Chazal, which is, Kishem huve imi. Hashem says to Moshe, the lesson is how you are with me, Kachani hove imach. that's how I am with you. And the Nefesh brings down here from the Sifri Kabbalah and other Sfarim and from the Ramban himself as well, that, uh, take a look at the Nefesh is a very famous shikl that he has, that the Medrash says, Hashem Tzilcha, Hashem is your shadow, Hashem is a mirror. However you are towards Hashem, that's how he is with you. And Hashem acts, if you turn towards Hashem, like the Chavos Havavah says, then Hashem will help you. But if you turn away from Him, right? If you turn and you try to rely on something outside of Hashem, the famous words of the Chavos so powerful. If you rely on something outside of Hashem, then Hashem says, okay, good luck, let that thing take care of you. And Hashem puts you in the hand of that person. So we always want to reflect Hashem by turning towards Hashem. And looking at Hashem. That's what Eke Asher Eke means. I will be the way that you are to me. That's how I are to you. That's how I am to you. Perik Daled. plus a Gimel. So it says, throw the mata to the floor. And the Ramban explains that Moshe himself needed to have a chizik in his amuna to see that the Rebunah Shalom was running the world. Even though he was a Navi and Hashem was talking to him. But therefore, Hashem gave the first two osos for Moshe that when you see the, the mata and you see the saras. That's where Moshe started to recognize Hashem and be fully cognizant that Hashem was there and he didn't need the, the Mayim until that was for the, for the nation. And again, we see that a person always needs to be mishazek, even if you're a Navi, and even if you're Moshe Rabbeinu, a person always needs to be mishazek as a of the Shalom, and see that Hashem is running the world and always look out for ways to see Hashem. And finally, the last comment is in Perik Dalet, Pasig Yud. Moshe says, Gam mol gam, gam How can you send me Hashem? I, I don't have a voice to talk. And I'm a kvad Pen and Kavad luschen. I stutter. And Hashem said, "Well, I'm going to send Aaron, and Aaron will be your spokesman." So there, Ramban points out such a interesting point. Moshe, because he didn't want to go, instead he he didn't daven that Hashem should cure him and get rid of his kvad peh, and therefore Hashem did not get rid of his kvad peh. Yes, it's true. Hashem did remove it whenever Moshe taught Torah and whenever Moshe was doing a shlichus. He didn't have it anymore. But he, he still stuttered in his own personal life. And we see here an important lesson in life, that if we don't daven towards Hashem, to Hashem because of our own biases, because we don't want something, and we're not saying anything about Moshe Rabbein, we're just learning the lesson of what the Ramban is saying. Moshe was so convinced, I don't want to go, I don't want to do this. He didn't want to insult Darn. Of course it was Hashem Shemayim. Rashi brings down that, that Moshe pushed a little bit too hard, and Hashem pushed back, and he did lose the kahuna because he refused. And we'll leave that for a different time. But the Ramban is saying that he didn't daven, and so he didn't get it. And Adam, like the Medrash says about Adam, that there was no man to work the land to daven. And therefore, Hashem didn't bring any rain and didn't bring any vegetation. It was only when when Adam davened that Hashem finally responded and gave him what he asked for. Just like Adam only got his wife, Chava, once he asked for her and said, Hashem, what about me? So, so too in life, we need to turn towards Hashem every day because like the Mabit says, davening is not to let Hashem know you need he knows every one of your needs he knows every one of our needs what everything we need davening is to remind ourselves that we need hashem and when we turn towards hashem that's when the biggest brachas get answered i hope that these thoughts will help us grow in our which is one of the main points of the entire safer of the ramban and one of the main themes that he dwells on throughout the entire shamos as a foundation of our amuna and belief in hashem such powerful words let's open our hearts and minds be inspired by the words, the holy words of their own life. Thanks for joining us. For more Torah content and to make sure you never miss an episode, don't forget to subscribe and visit us at ParshaThemes.com.